Yeah, and the, the NBA is a league with a short memory. You know, there was a time when, especially among Nets fans even, you know, Ben Simmons was a genuine menace. Like, he was genuinely, like you said, a three-time All-Star, Rookie of the Year, debates over him and Joel Embiid. He, he, was, he was that player. And this, to me, doesn't read as something similar, although the narratives may be, to a Russell Westbrook situation where Russell Westbrook is clearly on the decline of his career, right? Russell Westbrook was that MVP caliber player. I, I mean, the as way. the punching bag and the guy as that the, everybody's going to mock. No, right. Narrative-wise, it is. Yeah. But Ben Simmons isn't someone that you have to regard in that way because he has so much time ahead of him. He has so much of a chance to get himself back to that to that form. And it's a hot take league we live in. It's a hot take culture, hot take society, whatever. Social media is ruling the day. But what what I worry about is that infecting Nets fans. And I, I have already seen it that has. it has infected Nets fans. Because it's okay if that's the national media talking about that. But as soon as your own fans start to turn on you, as soon as your own fans of your team start to turn on you, I think that's really when it starts to it starts to click, I would say, probably, you know, in, in his head. And that's something that Ben has, has you know, admittedly struggled with, the, the mental side of the game. And that's something that is, is really important to acknowledge and to, and to, you know, to foster and to take care of, uh, particularly with, with the way social media works, uh, you know, in, in 2022. So I think that's what, what really needs to change is that Nets fans, they can't, they can't fall victim to that trap. And athletes, they notice these things. We, and Keith, you're a big Yankee fan, obviously. You saw, I, I don't know who the quote was from, but uh, Yankee fans being shocked that Aaron Judge got boos uh, during the most recent playoffs. It's something that affects them. When their own fans turn on them, it's something big. So Nets fans play better. To, play better. You know, <laughs> I don't know, though, because if, if, if you're going to be affected by that, like, I don't know. Nets fans want to be a good team. You, and the you more, get the more you start millions. booing Ben Simmons, the more you, you start booing millions. Ben Simmons, the worse the team is going to be. But there's a, there's a line between coddling and and being fair, giving him a life isn't coddling, you know. Yeah, but but the whole like I mean, he does have to play better. Keith is right in that sense. Play better, you know. Like how do you how do you silence it? Play better. That's the solution. To, to... Ooh, play better. And Improve. he he is playing better. He is, and and, and, and you're honing in on one aspect though. Don't get me wrong, Hudson. I, that's also going from like the Yankees. You got to play better. I'm in the stadium when the fans boo them. Sometimes they're just booing them, making the last out. With Ben Simmons, I don't think Nets fans are gonna boo him. But what it is is he. There were Nets fans expecting him to help against the Celtics last year. <laughs> he definitely wasn't ready to enter that series when the Nets got swept. He, you know, they said he left the group chat. No, he wasn't even ready to go then. So now, after all of this time and going into this year, I think there are Nets fans that are waiting to see the value in Ben Simmons, and it's not there yet. But the Nets team, even Kyrie, Kyrie came out and said, you guys want to come in here and ask me every day about Ben we're on his ass. We're on his shit every day. But we're giving him positive affirmations. Like, they're working with him. They know, right? They're, these are hoopers that know. And you guys know, if you if you don't step on the court for a couple months, your handle's not the same. Your shot is off. Your reflexes, how you react to things on the court, right? Anybody in the chat that hoops. And we are not NBA players. So imagine the highest level of competition, and you haven't played in 470 days, you're not going to be right in five games. This guy needs a whole month until we can see him get back. And he has flashes, right? He has it. He makes good passes. Um, we, we just need him to do a little bit more, and it will come with time. But honestly, I think what's going to happen here, uh, we already mentioned Dayron Sharp. I said he played 14 and a half minutes in the first game. 
13 minutes in the second game. Let's move on to the third game, the Dallas Mavericks game that we watched last night. De'Ron Sharp got a DMP. And you're facing Luka, another MVP candidate. You're facing Jason Kidd, another top coach in the league, a top basketball mind, one of the greatest. Obviously, Jason Kidd, uh, former former Brooklyn Net. We all we all remember. So, you know, or New Jersey Net and Brooklyn Net coach. So you go into this game at home, Spencer Dinwiddie back, and Luka and the shooters that he has around him. I don't know. I'm, I'm looking at this game. They're, they competed last night, but I didn't ever think they were going to win. Even when it got late, I'm like, you're, you're going to get out coached. It's a make or miss league. They're, they're making shots. Royce O'Neal coming from the Bucks game. He had misses in that Bucks game. And I know they want, they want to rely on him. They want to have confidence and faith in him, but he missed a bunch of shots down the stretch, missing shots from the Bucks game. They went five minutes without hitting a shot in the fourth quarter. You're not going to win like that. And then, the same thing carried over to the Dallas Mavericks game. Even though they were able to force OT, it's just not enough. Uh, 41 from Luka. He had his way. He was mad when uh, when Kidd called that timeout late. He wanted to, you know, finish them in, in regulation. It goes to overtime. And the biggest thing in overtime, I think they hit three threes or back-to-back threes. And you just see them coming off screens, guys wide open, hits the shot versus the Nets that are trying to improvise and draw something up or make it up on the fly and they can't get the ball in the basket. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's why any encouragement um, has a disclaimer, just because you, you expect the, the Nets to lose those games every time. And eventually, that result needs to flip. You can't just always expect them to lose those type of games. Uh, I like what Roy, I like the fact that Royce O'Neal's shooting it without hesitation, whether it's going in or not. There was one he took at the, the, the top of the key that I was just like, it missed, but I was like, good shot. You know, like, he took it in rhythm. He wasn't afraid to shoot it. You got to let it fly. Because you hurt your team when you don't let the open shots fly. You know, that's one of the reasons Ben Simmons hurts the team. Was when he's out there and he's not even looking at the basket. Or he's not, you know, all I want from Ben, I don't care how many points he scores. All I want him is to attempt the shots that he can make. You know, like, just attempt them when they're there. And that's why the Kyrie thing blew up. How many times has that happened to you on a court? Where somebody else, like, I've had it happen to me. Because, you know, I'm, I'm more comfortable with the jump shot than I am in, in the paint as I've gotten older. And if I, I pass up on a layup... People are going to say, you got to shoot the ball. you know, And, and that's what, what Kyrie was saying to Ben on that play. But I, I think some of what you got at, Keith, is going to help the Nets going forward because it'll put Ben in a position to succeed if he's playing at a big spot more. It'll put Claxton in a position to succeed if he's getting more minutes without Ben on the floor. And, and I think when you bring Seth Curry in, who's a proven knockdown shooter, that can help with that. I think TJ Warren might be the biggest wild card because he's the guy with the most potential to be a third player who can just sort of score and, and create. When things get tough, because you you don't you're never going to feel confident when it's Joe Harris or Royce O'Neal barreling to the basket. Right? Like anytime you see that happening in your, in your head, you're going no. You'd rather Kyrie be taking a fall away three. But David Duke though, <laughs> David Duke Jr. I, I yeah, like good to I see like him. him from Sumner. So because the Nets need somebody who's going to take the ball to the rack. They don't have anybody yeah. taking the ball to the rack. In the Bucks game, Ed, Edmund Sumner comes in and he's a, an immediate impact. He has seven points in five minutes, and then you don't see him again. Well, Nash got ejected. I, I did. I do think he said that after. Yeah, the game. like maybe about the time. A... So I can't put that on Nash. I mean, the same had... with Yuta, though. He'll well, be yeah, he... yeah, but Luca was going at Yuta. I mean, Luca. Look, he—he's a good player. I like him as an addition, but he was also on the floor, and Luca was, you know, picking on him. That—that's what he was trying to diagnose every play when he's coming down. He's like, "Get this guy on me." So you know that—that's that factors in too. I think with Nash, 
I've seen some encouraging signs from the, the, the competitive spirit of the team, particularly from Kyrie, by the way. Let me let me give Kyrie a little credit. Kyrie's been playing hard. Sitting. He wants to play both ends. He wants to have a complete season. He's been the Nets best, Nets best player so far. He's playing both ends of the floor. I have no complaints with, with this version of Kyrie Irving. KD, you know, is KD. I think he needs to be a little bit stronger with the ball. I'd like him to make a little bit more of an impact on defense. But overall, you're, you're not worried about KD. Nash, um, they're, they're playing with a little bit more of a competitive spirit. It looks like he's about to make an adjustment that I think will be good for the team. He, he got himself kicked out of the, the game. My biggest complaint with Nash right now, whether this is his fault or not, is just that the same issues as we talked about at the beginning of the show are rearing their head over and over again where the, the Nets can't secure the ball and they, they can't get stops. And that will eventually be what is his undoing more than anything else if, if they don't get a turnaround. But the, the schedule's about to soften. This is the most important stretch of the season coming up because these are games that they, they need to win. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think one interesting point uh, that you, you kind of alluded to at the end, what's up with Kevin Durant's handle? He's, Lazy he's been losing sometimes, the ball. Sloppy he, sometimes. It's turnover, been, it's, it's turnover been, been killing it's been the interesting too. to see. And, like, yeah, like you said, Keith, it's it's on one hand you have so many self-inflicted wounds, whether it's maybe fouls that shouldn't go the next way, you know, whatever, but the turnovers. The turnovers are, are something that – Boy, I, I hope the Nets don't develop a reputation as a team that, you know, is liable to turn the ball over in a serious way. But, uh, you know, to me, it, it's starting to feel it's starting to feel like it, it might be going that direction. But again, the only takeaway I can have from this game is that 125 points is great if your opponent doesn't put up 135. Right. You, you can't you can't allow points like that. It, Robin, I see you got something to say. Yeah, well, could, you hit on it though with the turn. Basketball's a game of possessions fundamentally. It's a game of possessions. You know, each team has a certain amount of possessions in the game. So sometimes the, the Nets' first-line defense isn't even that bad. But when you're turning the ball over as often as they do and you're giving up as many second chances as often as they do, I promise you, you go back through the box scores and you just look at field goal attempts. And the team that they're playing is going to have more field goal attempts because they're getting more possessions. And, and KD's turnovers are not normal turnovers. They're bad ones because it almost always leads to a layup. For the other team. So I, I think yeah. that that's something he really needs to secure the ball better and, and set the tone in that regard. But yeah, that that's what I, I was getting at is is part of it's not even just defense. It's the fact that, you know, in a game of possessions, when one team's getting more than the other, it's, it's going to it's going to show up on the scoreboard.